When it comes to investing, retirement, taxes, healthcare, and estate planning, the decisions you make today can greatly affect the quality of life for you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straightforward and unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your retirement. Good news. You found the Retirement Playbook sponsored by APO Financial. So get ready for an hour of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. It's time for the Retirement Playbook. And now, here are your hosts, John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shea. Good morning. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Retirement Playbook, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. On today's show, we're going to be talking about America is hitting peak 65 in 2024. What to know if that's you. Also, six ways to diversify your portfolio. And we'll talk about the best ways to earn passive income. And we'll wrap it up if we've got time with common post-retirement risk that you should know. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from John Crows and John Goodhue of APO Financial. I'll start with you, Coach Crows. How are you doing today? February is over. We're into March. <laughs> yeah. Even though winter wasn't that tough. Again, I thought winter went all the way through about June there in the Upper Peninsula, but I guess it's not right at all. But March is one of your favorite times of year, of course, because there's March Madness. Oh, it's great. You know, and uh, what's really happening lately now, too, is anyone can win. Yeah. I think we've had two 16 seeds win in the last two years, and sure makes it exciting. Well, we're not here to talk about sports, but it is uh, part of what we follow here in the Upper Peninsula. We're here to talk about finance, and I'm going to turn to you, John Goodhue. Hey, how's this weekend treating you, my friend? Like we say in the South, I'm finer than frog hair. <laughs> I've never seen hair on a frog, John. Jeff, that's the point. <laughs> anyway, glad that you guys are here, and I'm certainly glad to be here talking here to the fine people of the Upper Peninsula. Well, as I said earlier, America is hitting peak 65 in 2024. It's going to be a record-breaking year for retirement in the U.S., with an average of 11,000 Americans a day expected to celebrate their 65th birthday from now until December, and approximately 4.1 million Americans are poised to turn 65 this year and every year through the year 2027. And those figures represent the largest surge of retirement-age Americans in history. So you're listening to us today. You're one of the many riding that retirement wave for this year or next. We've got some things that you should know. First one, John, I think is quite obvious. When you reach 65, you are eligible for what is going to be a great relief for a lot of folks. And that is going to be having Medicare as your insurance provider. Yeah, it sure is. You know, they, they call that turning 65 thing the silver tsunami. I think that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, Medicare is, you know, most people, that's the health care we're going to have for the rest of our life. People are always surprised. I think people think a lot of times, oh, Medicare is not going to be as good as my group plan was with my employer and stuff. And a whole lot of people are surprised that it's actually better yeah. in many, many ways. Most medical offices uh, take Medicare. They like Medicare. And it covers a lot of things. A lot of times it covers a lot more than a group plan does, especially these high deductible plans that people have. And it's a lot less expensive. If you're 65 years old and you had to pay for your own health insurance, some people, they'll uh, they'll get downsized when they get older. They say there's not age discrimination. Oh, I but there is. There is. Yeah. But they'll get downsized and they might have to keep on going to their employer's plan. And they're just shocked that it's like, $1,000, $1,600, and then Medicare comes along and, you know, it's somewhere, depending on which plan you take, you know, somewhere between, you know, 175 and maybe $350, $60 a month. That's a lot less expensive than 16 that's for sure. Yeah, and Medicare Part A is what you become eligible for at age 65, but Medicare Part A isn't all of the Medicare, and we're going to cover that. But Medicare Part A, that really covers basically hospital visits, that sort of thing, but it doesn't cover doctors, does it? You know, the outpatient things. No. Uh, the good thing about Part A is that for most people, it's free. There's no right. cost to it. If you have just 40 quarters of Social Security earnings in your lifetime, you know, about 10 years, then you get uh, Part A for free. If you're married, and let's say that uh, your wife, and they happen to stay home and do the real hard job, they took care of your kids right. and raised them, 
they might not have 40 quarters paid into their Social Security. Well, because they're married to you and you have 40 quarters, they get Part A for free, too. A lot of people don't know that. Well, that's Part A, which covers your hospital visits. But Part B, I think that's the really important one, is the part that covers your doctor's visits and that sort of thing. But as you said, there is a premium for that. Now, for most people, it's going to be around $174.50. They can take that out of their Social Security unless they're not taking Social Security, at which point they can pay that on a quarterly basis. But as you said, $174.50 is the minimum that you'll pay for Part B. In what circumstance does that premium go up? Well, there's something that's been around for a little while now called income adjustments. If you make too much money, according to Medicare, you have to pay more money for your Medicare Part B and also for Part D, which is your drug plan. There are about five levels to that. I mean, it can go up literally to as high for one person extra to like $560 or $70 a month. And that's per person if you make too much money. And there's this thing called IRMA. It's determined by income from your income tax returns two years prior. So as we said, the minimum is about $174.50. But depending upon your income, I mean, you get over a half million dollars a year. You could be paying $500 or more for your Part B premiums. But again, it looks back two years. So Part A is free. Part B, you have to pay for Now, beyond that, there are also other plans. I think there's a C plan. There's a D for a uh, drug. Can you tell me more about those? Sure. So C is what's uh, normally called Medicare Advantage plan. The Medicare Advantage plan, it's managed care. So think of uh, like United Healthcare has those plans, Anthem has those plans. If Kaiser's available in your area, Kaiser will have those plans. And they're just a managed care policy. Usually they'll have A and B included in them. Usually they have D, that's a drug plan to pay for some of your drugs. And they'll also have a type of uh, Medicare supplemental coverage, too. So basically, it's a one-stop shop. It's less expensive on the front end than uh, the traditional Medicare where you get A and B. Then you get a drug plan from a third-party carrier like United Healthcare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or something. And then you get a Medicare supplemental policy from, again, a third-party insurance company, which is called Medigap Insurance because it's covering the gaps that A and B don't cover. But that's what Part C is. It's actually a a supplemented plan by the federal government on a managed care basis. So we've got Medicare Part A, Part B, we've got Part C, we've got Part D, which is a drug card. But then the Plan G, that's the Medigap that you're talking about. And the way it was explained to me is that the Medigap policy makes what you're paying for medical expenses a little more predictable. Yeah, now that's in the traditional, and, and this is confusing. I don't know why our government does this. They make Medicare really, really confusing for seniors. They make Social Security really, really confusing for seniors. (laughs) But it is confusing. The best thing, the best advice I can ever give anybody is to get a Medicare broker when you're getting ready to sign up for Medicare. Because that broker, they know it all. They'll help you make the right decisions for yourself when you're going in. And then every year, there's there's this period of time called open enrollment. So from October 15th to December 7th, You've got other options. So right. you might want to you might want to change some things, which you can many times. You want to make sure that you're not paying too much for what you're getting. You want to make sure that you've got the right coverages. And that Medicare broker is worth their weight in gold and they don't cost people anything. They get paid from the insurance company. It doesn't increase anybody's premium to use them. It's the very best thing. I we use Medicare brokers. They don't work for our firm, but we refer people to them. And I always tell people, even if you never even come talk to us, if you want a Medicare broker, call us up, send us an email. We will definitely refer you to, to people that know what they're doing in this area because you really need that help, in my opinion. And medical insurance gets a whole lot easier once you turn 65 and you're eligible for Medicare. And keep in mind, as John said, there's an open enrollment period usually towards the end of the year, the beginning of the following year. And what happens there is that you begin to see all these commercials on TV. You'll hear them on radio. And these are from private insurance companies that are offering their particular plan. But keep in mind that there are some disadvantages to that, is that usually you're confined to an in-network sort of situation where with traditional med- Medicare, you can go anywhere. And if you have an Advantage plan and you want to go back to a Medigap plan, regular Medicare, sometimes you have to be underwritten for that. But keep in mind that uh, medical insurance is very, very important. And you should give the uh, folks here at APO Financial a call if you would like some help with medical insurance and Medicare and Medigap policies, if you will. John Crows, what's that number to call if people want to talk to us? 
Yeah, you can give us a call at 906-523-9030. You'll probably hear hear Laura's voice pick up and have a great conversation with her and ask us your questions, set up an appointment, whatever you need. And once again, that number, 906-523-9030. We're talking about things that you need to be aware of when you turn 65. A lot of us are going to be doing that this year. Not the least of which that we need to be concerned about is retirement savings and whether or not you want to retire or whether or not you can retire. When you turn 65, John Goodhue, and you take a look at your savings, do you find that most people have enough or are there people who don't have enough? And really, how do you figure out how much is enough to retire? Well, you know what? Unfortunately, in this country, we have a retirement crisis going on, and it's it's really a shame. The, the statistics are very scary, Jeff. People are turning 65 today. That's the people we're talking about right now, this whole silver tsunami thing. About 62% of those people have less than $25,000 saved for retirement. Right. That's a big number that have not a whole lot of money saved. And most of those people don't have pension plans. They've probably got Social Security, but the average Social Security check is only $1,450. Wow. It's, uh, you know, there's no silver bullet there. If mm-hmm. people haven't saved enough, it's going to be hard. Those people probably will try to be working as long as they possibly can. Hopefully, they'll get some help from, you know, from their families. I, I see people oftentimes that they're just not going to have enough to get through a, a really comfortable retirement. But the good thing is, I see a whole lot of people who've done a really good job saving. They have saved enough for retirement. A lot of people think that, oh, I've got to have, you know, a million dollars, three million dollars or whatever saved in order for me to retire. That's really just not necessarily the truth. Uh, It really depends on people's particular situations. And I I help people all the time. I mean, John, I've met with people all this week that they they had a decent amount saved and because of who they are and their in their circumstances we can show them how they're going to be okay and I, I love doing that with people that is so much fun that's what gets me up in the morning well many times you guys are the bearer of good news so i uh, would hazard to guess that as a result of our conversation here that some people may want to sit down and talk with you there at apo financial about their retirement journey and especially if they have reached age 65 you've got questions apo financial has answers so here's what you do to get your no cost no obligation and no judgment retirement review with apo financial you call 906-523-9030 now you can do it this weekend if you want leave your information there and laura will give you a call back in the next business day to set up an appointment for you to sit down with john there at apo financial and have the discussion and get the answers that you need to help you make an intelligent choice when it comes to your retirement once again there's no cost for this there's absolutely no obligation whatsoever and certainly there is no judgment again that telephone number 906-523-9030 why wouldn't you take advantage of this opportunity with no cost no obligation no judgment to get your questions answered to put you on a path for a retirement in which you not only survive but you also thrive you may be missing out on some things that you do not even realize you don't know the questions to ask well they'll help you there at apo financial once again 906-523-9030 you can also request your complimentary no cost plan online at apofinancial.com that is apofinancial.com time for a break gentlemen when we come back we're going to be talking about six ways to diversify your portfolio and more when our show continues after this you can't start a journey you've never taken without a plan and you can't start your retirement journey without a comprehensive plan to get there safely to request your no cost no obligation retirement playbook review call 906-523-9030 or request it online at apofinancial.com now back to more of the retirement playbook with john crows john goodhue and jeff shade We so much appreciate you joining us here for the Retirement Playbook with John Crows and John Goodhue here of APO Financial. We certainly are glad you decided to join us here. We're here for you every week for your fiscal fitness and your financial education. We've been talking about the silver tsunami, all those people turning 65 this year. That is sort of the theme of our program is turning 65 and all the benefits that come with age. But before we get to our next topic, which is diversification, Coach Crows, I understand that we've got some seminars coming up here this month. Yes, for the month of March, we're going to do uh, two educational seminars. The first one will be on March 12th at Gogebic Community College at 6 p.m. And on March 14th, uh, we're going to be at the Calumet Public Library, and that will also be at 6 p.m. 
And these seminars have really been quite popular in the past. They have pretty much filled up. Now, is there any cost to attend these seminars? Zero cost at all. If you want to sign up, you can give Laura a call and give her your name and we'll make sure that we get you on the list or uh, send an email to apofinancial.com or just show up. And seating is limited, so if you're planning on coming to these seminars, let us know. You can give Laura a call at number 906-523-9030, or you can email us at apofinancial.com or use the uh, link there at apofinancial.com if you want to get into these seminars. Okay, gentlemen, as far as turning 65 this year goes, of course, we've talked about some of the things that you can do by turning 65, and not the least of which is signing up for Medicare. Let's talk about diversification in a portfolio. Certainly, when you get to age 65, you're really going to sit down and take a look at the investments that you have to make sure that they're going to pay for the quality of life that you want. However, you do not want all of your eggs into one basket. And there are plenty of people in our listening area, certainly, that if you want an annuity, they can sell you an annuity. If you want a stock bond portfolio, the old 60-40 split, there's a lot of people who can do that. But there aren't that many people like APO Financial who can put you in a diverse range of investments. So first of all, John Goodhue, really, what does diversity mean when it comes to your investment choices? Well, I think you, you stated it best. I say this and all every time I speak to people in all of our seminars is we believe in not putting all your eggs in one basket. That's what diversification is. People today, and, and I think this has been beating in their heads over the past 10, 12, 15 years, is that the stock market is everything. Everything needs to be in the stock market. And that's not diversification. But a lot of financial people sell that as diversification. What they'll say is, well, you need to diversify some in this type of stock, some in that type of stock, you know, healthcare industry, you diversify over here into the tech side of industry. The reality is that's not real diversification. You're still in the stock market. When we talk about that, we're talking about really tailoring people's overall retirement plans, putting their funds, their money into things that don't always correlate with the stock market. I think that's a smart idea. When the stock market has problems, have some of your assets where they're not affected by stock market problems. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's what we do. But what I'm really doing, when we sit down with people and we really build a plan, they're again, they're all tailored to the individuals. We're using people's money to cover the risks that we've identified in the rest of their life. And so we're really allocating funds and we're, what I say, we're purposing people's money to take care of those things. And so naturally, it turns into diversification. I mean, a good example of that is we use the stock market. We use it a little differently than most firms. We don't like losing a bunch of money in bad times. So we really keep our portfolios risk adverse uh, so that our clients in bad times aren't losing big chunks of money. I think that is really, really important. If you're going to invest in the stock market and most people don't have a defensive strategy for bad times, unfortunately, if we're going to cover like long-term care risk, well, that's an allocation of some of people's assets toward that risk that you've diversified because there's nothing in the stock market that's going to help you cover your long-term care risk. You're going to have to do that a different way. A lot of tax planning is not necessarily in the stock market. You're going to use other tools, and there's a number of other tools that we'll utilize that aren't stock market tools to help you really build a true tax plan so that you can get yourself in the the lowest tax brackets uh, that you possibly can get in for the rest of your life. Of course, Jeff, you know what my favorite lowest tax bracket is? The zero tax bracket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love people putting people in the zero tax bracket in retirement. That way they can just thumb their nose at, at the government whenever the government decides it's going to raise our taxes. We're talking about diversification with John Crows and John Goodhue here of uh, APO Financial. And really, diversification is just a way to manage risk in your portfolio by investing in a variety of asset classes in different investments. So we've talked about stocks and bonds as possibly one way to diversify risk, but certainly that's not the only way. What do you think about using uh, index? Index funds. We utilize index funds a lot. We, we use, uh, in that regard, we usually use exchange-traded funds, index funds. We're, we're a pure fiduciary, so we've got to be always on the watch for lowering people's fees and expenses. 
in the financial world, people don't realize how much they're paying over their lifetime. And so we just make sure that those type of things aren't happening to our clients. You know that index funds, they, they are a diversification tool in and of themselves because you're diversifying your assets over a number of different investments versus uh, individual stock investing, which is a really high concentrated risk investing. And I just don't believe that for most Americans or most people going into retirement, that individual stock investing is where they ought to be. It's just, it's too much risk when markets collapse because people do individual stock investing, I think mainly because of the greed factor. Right. They think they're going to catch the next, you know, Amazon or Google or something. And most of the times that's not going to happen. What they're doing is exposing themselves to potential significantly more losses in down markets than if they were in indexed funds, which spreads the risk over, you know, many other types of stocks and companies. Well, there are basically five things that money can do for you, cash flow, security, growth, liquidity, and tax savings. And when you diversify your portfolio, you're really looking at all of those attributes and how they apply to the different diversified investments. The next one I want to talk about is just good old hard, cold cash, John. What can we do with cash to get a little bit of a return on our investment and remain diversified? So uh, yeah, cash, there's some good rates uh, right now with CDs. That's good cash. Uh, they're still you know, in the four to 5% range. S- some money market funds are even paying decent rates. That's surprising, but they are. I like to use uh, fixed annuities on a short-term period, maybe two to three years. Those usually pay higher than CD rates in most cases. So I, that's, that's a cash position I like to use. So yeah, don't yeah, don't forget about cash, especially now, you know, CDs aren't paying, you know, zero point nothing anymore. Well, there's so many different investment options available in the United States, John, it can be very easy to forget about the rest of the world. Do you dabble in global investments for diversification? We do as long as the area around the globe is promising. Just the last few years we've started doing some of that because there are some areas globally that are looking up, uh, even make a little bit more promising even than the US. In general, the general globally, no, it's more it's more specific to regions. But we all we always are taking a global perspective in our investment portfolios. You know, as to this conversation that we're having here about diversification, I think about, you know, maybe hunting with a shotgun or something. And, you know, you pull that trigger and you've got this big spray of all of these pellets. They're going every place, but they don't necessarily hit one thing. As it applies to our conversation today, John, can you be over-diversified? Can you take too much of a shotgun approach to things? Oh, yeah. And that really ends up being the lack of a plan. Having a plan, your overall plan, uh, especially your financial and retirement plan specifically, your investment plans, people come in and they've got other companies, uh, their, their statements and things. And I look how they're they're invested and I just can't make heads or tails out of it. There's no obvious plan to it. And it is kind of a shotgun approach. You know, I mean, I'll see things all over the place and a lot of the stuff doesn't make any sense because nobody really sat down and did a plan with it. But I do see that and, I, and people do that, unfortunately. Well, if our listeners are hearing this program today and they're thinking about diversifying their portfolio, I want you to listen to this. You know, there are a lot of advisors out there right here in the Upper Peninsula, some of the big box firms and others, that if you want an annuity, there are plenty of people who will sell you an annuity. If you want just a very simple stock bond portfolio, there are advisors who can do that. But if you want an advisor who has a lot of tools in the toolbox, like APO Financial, who can sit down with you, find out who you are, what your goals and your needs are, then choose from that toolbox to pull any number of tools to help you build the retirement house that you want, then you need to talk to APO Financial. Here's what we're offering this week for our loyal listeners. Actually, anybody who's listening to the program today, we're offering a no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review. That's right. It's not going to cost you a dime. It's a chance for you to show John and John what you've got there at APO Financial in terms of your retirement savings. Let them know what you want to do with that and let them design a plan for you that's going to help you reach your goal. Again, it's not going to cost you anything to get this at all. 906-523-9030 is the number to call. Go ahead, call it this weekend. Get in the queue there so you can sit down with John and John at APO Financial sooner than later. 906-523-9030 is the number to call. Again, no cost and no obligation for this. You can also request your complimentary plan online at apofinancial.com. It's apofinancial.com. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking about best ways to earn passive income when our show continues here on 107.3 FM and AM 920 WMPL, Talk That Bridges the Gap.
ready to score a touchdown with your retirement plan? Good. You're listening to the Retirement Playbook. And now, back to the show with your coaches, John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shea. We so much appreciate you joining us for the Retirement Playbook here on 107.3 FM and AM 920 WMPL, talk that bridges the gap. We've been having a great conversation this morning about the silver tsunami, all the people that are turning age 65 this year, and for the years leading up to 2027, these are record numbers. If that's you, there are a lot of things that you may have missed in the program today. If you have missed any part of our program, good news, we're also a podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast search for the Retirement Playbook with John Crows and John Goodhue. You will find this show and all of our past shows so you can stay on top of your journey towards a successful retirement. Okay, gentlemen, we have talked many times about uh, working for your money. You know, you work 35, 40, 45 years and you're working for your money. Now it's time to turn the tables a little bit, wake up those lazy dollars and get that money working for you. And that leads me to my topic here about passive income. Is there truly any passive income, gentlemen, that you can think of where you don't have to do at least a little something? No CDs. That's passive income, interest, investments. If you have some stock portfolios, uh, you know, you had to earn the money there to invest in it, but those earnings, they're passive. You're not doing anything to do it. Well, you know, some people, they spend a lot of time watching the stock market and trying to catch the next big run and that type of stuff. Now, those people are, are not passive. They're actually working. They think it's passive, but I think they're putting a lot of work into it. And most of the studies show that that's usually not very effective. Those are passive strategies. As far as the stock market goes, I've heard of these things called dividend stocks. Let's explore those a little bit. First of all, what are dividend stocks? How do they work? There are a lot of companies out there that regularly have paid dividends. That's their return to their shareholders. Most of the really good dividend paying companies are large companies. A lot of times they're older companies, uh, but they're just paying back to their shareholders. Sometimes you get a kind of an old company that their stock growth isn't really big a lot. So what, one way they attract investments is they pay out dividends to their shareholders on a regular basis. Those are good to, to think about, and those, are, those are, can be really good in your portfolio. The one caveat I always give is that in bad market times, because a lot of companies that pay dividends, during bad times, they'll stop or they'll cut their dividends down significantly. That's usually, if that's the case, then that company's probably not going to be a consistent payer through bad times, which people in retirement need consistent income. They may not get it from those companies. So dividends can be suspended and they can be not paid at all, I guess, according to what you're saying. Do the dividends that they're paying on a monthly basis, does that subtract from the money that you would make in the end with these stocks? No, it's just income. Okay. Uh, really, technically, when you think about it, if you've got a company that pays dividends, you've got a company that doesn't pay dividends, the company that doesn't pay dividends has that money in their coffers to maybe grow their company more. And so maybe their stock would grow more because they're, they're using the money to grow instead of giving it out to shareholders. That's how I kind of think about it. But in, in general, no, it's, it's just earnings that the company is paying out in dividends. When I think about passive investing, people always say, well, buy real estate because then, you know, your renters are going to pay for your mortgage. But again, I don't think it could be further from the truth. If you are an active landlord, there's really not much passive about that, is there? No, that's the terrible tease. The tenants and the trash and yeah, the toilets, yeah. Yeah, the terrible teas, man. People come to us and they're retiring. A whole lot of people are really tired of the terrible teas and the tenants and the trash and taxes and all that. Their big concern is, well, you know what? I was I was offered a really good price for my rental properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but EPA tells me all these taxes I'm going to have to pay, capital gains taxes, and then this recapture of depreciation tax I got to pay because all that depreciation I took all over his years. And I'm not going to get that much out of it. So I've just decided I'm not going to sell it. I hear that a lot. They're just tired of being landlords. They love their real estate. They love investing in real estate. What I talk to those people about a lot of times is actually doing what's called a tax-free 1031 exchange. Hmm. You can do that in another rental property, for example, but then you're right back to where you started, right? You're right. still a landlord. You still got the terrible T's going on. So what I can do for people, or our firm can, we uh, we use institutional funds that qualifies a 1031 exchange. So 
you're still a real estate investor. You, do, you don't take the tax hits by selling your property and you get income uh, continually as long as you own the investment. Most of that income is covered by pass-through depreciation, uh, which is letting you to subtract the depreciation from the income. And they're, they're institutionally managed. So they usually appreciate better than like individual houses and stuff. It works really, really well. Uh, and it gets people out of being landlords. Yeah, I, I think what you're talking about, as far as I'm concerned, would be a landlord exit strategy. And if I'm hearing you correctly, John, I've heard about this, and I want to explain it a little bit more. If someone has active real estate property, right now they're actively managing that real estate. And as you said, they're getting too old for the toilets, the tenants, and the trash. They can't really truly retire. And they're thinking about selling it, but they're afraid of the capital gains. They can use the IRS 1031 exchange code, which is sort of a loose exchange code. For example, if you you got an eightplex here in the Upper Peninsula, you could exchange that for what the IRS calls like-kind property, but really it's not that like-kind. You don't have to exchange rental real estate for other rental real estate. You can exchange it for any number of different types of investment real estate all over the country. Is that about right, John? It is. I mean, people don't even know that you can have a piece of raw land as an investment property that you can do a 1031 tax-free exchange with. People think it's just buildings and that type of stuff. It's not. It's like you said, it doesn't have to be like kind. The only like kind is it was held for investment purposes and the new piece of property is held for investment purposes. And you can do it. Yeah, you can You can do it anywhere in the United States. Uh, I just tend to like using institutionally managed funds that qualify as the 1031 exchange vehicles. They just work really well. Most times the income that are coming off of them are more than the, the income that people are getting from their rental properties. To me, they make a lot of sense for people in retirement to get them out of you know, having to go over it because the toilet's stopped up or right. having to you know, manage all that stuff. You don't have to do any of that with these institutionally managed funds. So you can exchange a rental property using the 1031 exchange. You can exchange it for things like a storage unit. I mean, Amazon warehouses, these places have long-term leases such as a Walgreens, that sort of thing. Or you can exchange it for fractional shares of real estate in Sunbelt places where, you know, rents are really going up. And the advantage to that is then you can do what's called a Delaware Statutory Trust. Now, that's where you get into picking these uh, other investment properties. But I think the real advantage of this, if I'm hearing you correctly, John, is that that you are able, at least temporarily, to escape the capital gains tax or at least kick it down the road. Yeah, you can. And as long as you hold the property for your lifetime, uh, when you die, at least right now, your, your heirs are going to get a stepped up in basis, uh, which just means your heirs won't pay the capital gains taxes and they won't pay the, the recapture taxes on the depreciation. And that's usually what my clients end up doing. They'll they'll hold the, uh, the Delaware Statutory Trust interests. They'll hold that you know, they'll just keep t getting the income off of it because it's an income vehicle for them. And then ultimately they'll pass on to their kids. The kids will get a stepped up in the uh, basis. You know, when we're gone, our kids usually take the money and run, especially mm -hmm. if there's no taxes, but that's good. I mean, that way you've eliminated taxes when you're passing it on to your children, you've eliminated a tax burden on that part of your assets when you die. So this is truly passive real estate income in that you don't have to do anything for it. These properties are also professionally managed. You can't get a capital call, none of that sort of thing. All you've got to do is check your bank balance and see that your deposit has been made. Now, some people may say, well, there's no way at all that this sort of investment in real estate is going to equal what I was getting before. But if you really crunch the numbers of a CPA or an accountant takes a look at what you think you're getting 10% for, when you drill it down, Schedule E, the bottom of the page there, you got to put down your expenses. You've had to replace a roof. You've had to revamp things because some toilet overflowed and flooded something or tenants move out. You got vacancies, legal fees, and so forth. 10% can turn into 2% really, really quickly before you know it. So with this method of passive real estate, Johnny, you're finding that people are almost equaling, if not surpassing, the amount of rents that they got when they were active landlords? Yeah, just about every time. Interesting. They're, and you're right. Real estate investors, they often inflate what they, they think they're getting because I think it may sound good or feel good. Yeah. But you're right. When you really crunch the numbers and you really do what it is and what the real net you're getting out of those rental properties, a lot of people are shocked that they're not getting anywhere near what they thought they were getting. So that is the 1031 exchange into a Delaware statutory trust. That is truly 
passive income. And again, if you want to know more about that, give us a call here at APO Financial, 906-523-9030. It's 906-523-9030. And John will be happy to have a conversation with you about that. But keep in mind, I do want to leave uh, this topic by saying that there is a proper order to this. Do not sell your real estate, then come to John and say, I've got the money in the bank. I want to do one of those 1031 exchanges or DSTs. Doesn't work that way. If you do that, you've blown the deal. The money really can't get into your bank account. You talk to APO Financial ahead of that. They'll put you in touch with a qualified intermediary, and that will put you on the path to getting you where you want to go with a DST. I want to finish up the conversation here about passive investments and passive real estate by talking about REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. Now, there are two types there, public and private. Can you distinguish between those two? Yeah, don't do private REITs. That would be my distinguishment for not going into retirement. A lot of people have gotten a lot of trouble with, because a private real estate investment trust, it's not liquid. Mm -hmm. Uh, They get sold a lot as an income stream in retirement. So they'll say, you know, this is paying 5%, and that's a good return in retirement for income, and you should do that. Problem is, a lot of those will ultimately drop what they're paying out. Uh, I've seen a lot of them drop it to nothing. And then you're stuck because you've got a closed-in private investment. You're not getting much income out of it. There's no way to really liquidate it. And because the liquidity event on a private real estate investment trust usually is they'll say, well, we're, we're building up the assets so that we can go public. And then when we're public, then you can buy and sell it if you want to because it becomes liquid. And a lot of them just never make it to public market. Or if they do make it to public market, the valuations that, that you thought you were going to be able to get 50% bump or 25% bump, you end up with a 50% loss or 25% loss. I'm not a big fan of private real estate investment trust. Now, publicly traded in real estate investment trusts, are, they just trade like a stock. Okay, uh, They're liquid. You can buy them. You can sell them. But you've got to be careful, too, if you're going to invest in a publicly traded real estate investment trust, look at what it's investing in uh, because they do different things. Like right now, I would suggest that if a real estate investment trust is publicly traded, their primary focus is on office buildings. I would not do that because we're facing an office building glut. Right. And it's, it's going to be a disaster for that type of commercial property. It's already becoming a disaster. As I just read, the, the default rate over the past 24 months has tripled. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see a lot of problems in that side. And it's just because of COVID. We, we all started sure. figuring out that we could do things remotely. Been, so companies have been letting leases lapse or you know downsizing the, their space. So that type of real estate investment trust, I wouldn't be too happy about. But other ones, they might emphasize uh, rental properties or professional buildings like like hospitals and, and nursing homes and things. Those are fine. But I, I would be really careful. Make sure you know what that real estate investment trust is investing in. We're talking about passive investing with John Goodhue and John Crows of APO Financial. And based on our conversation here today, gentlemen, I'm sure that our listeners may have some questions. If you've got questions, APO Financial and John and John have some answers for you. Again, no cost and no obligation for this. We're offering it here to our loyal listeners. If you'd like to sit down, have a conversation with John and John at APO Financial to talk about your journey towards a prosperous retirement. Retirement, call 906-523-9030 and request your no-cost, no-obligation retirement playbook. Like I said, it's not going to cost you a dime. 906-523-9030 is the number to call. Go ahead and call it this weekend. Laura will give you a call back next week and set up an appointment for you to sit down and have that friendly conversation with John and John there at APO Financial. So what are you waiting for? Get yourself off to a successful start towards a prosperous retirement by calling 906-523-9030. You can also request your complimentary plan online at apofinancial.com. It's apofinancial.com. We're going to take a quick break, gentlemen. John Crows, be prepared because when we come back, I want you to talk about our seminars that we've got coming up here in the month of March. But beyond that, we're going to be talking about common post-retirement risk you should know. All that and more when our show continues here on 107.3 FM and AM 920 WMPL. Talk that bridges the gap. We're back with more strategies for a retirement in which you not only survive, but thrive. This is the Retirement Playbook from APO Financial. Once again, here's John Crows, John Goodhue, and Jeff Shade. 
Once again, if you have missed any part of our program today and we've had a great one, you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. We're also a podcast. You'll get this show and all of our others by searching for The Retirement Playbook with John Crows and John Goodhue. And again, you can find us wherever good podcasts are heard, or you can also Google us. Just simply Google Retirement Playbook with John and John. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top towards a successful journey to retirement. In this part of the program, gentlemen, I want to talk about uh, the risks involved with post-retirement and why you might need a financial planner once you're retired. But before we get to that, once again, Coach Crows, tell us a little bit more about these seminars coming up here in the month of March, where they're going to be, and uh, what it's all going to be about. We're going to have uh, two educational seminars in the month of March. And our seminars have really become a a big hit. People that have shown up and have made the commitment. It's fun watching them within the first five, six minutes of of the seminar. Their interest just locks right in. Things they never thought about that were part of the whole comprehensive retirement package. Our first one in March is going to be at Gogebeck Community College. Wonderful setting there. And that's going to be on March 12th at 6 p.m. Two days later on March 14th, Thursday... Uh, we're going to have an educational seminar up at the Calumet Public Library, and that will also start at 6 p.m. We go through the whole comprehensive retirement package, right, from asset management into income planning. We talk about health care, long-term care. We go through and, and talk about your possible choices for taking Social Security. We'll talk about tax planning and the importance of tax planning. Uh, and we finish it off with a discussion about estate planning. So just consider it to be sort of a public service, APO Financial, to you. And again, John Crows, this doesn't cost anything at all, does it? Nope, not at all. Okay, so no cost to attend this seminar. However, I will say that seating is limited for these. They do fill up quickly. Once again, uh, on your calendar, March 12th and March 14th, two different locations. And if people want to get in touch with you and reserve their seat, John, how can they do it? They just have to call 906-523-9030 and they will be talking to Laura and Laura will get you all hooked up with a slot for the seminar. All right. So do it sooner than later. Once again, that telephone number 906-523-9030. You can also email your request uh, to us. That is uh, at the website, apofinancial.com. Use the contact page there, apofinancial.com. Okay, in this final segment of the show today, gentlemen, I want to talk about the reasons why one may need a financial advisor, not only before you retire, but also after you retire. So, John Goodhue, what are some of the things that a financial advisor should be doing for someone once they've reached retirement? Well, you know, that's the that's the $64,000 question that, that the whole reason our firm exists is to answer that question appropriately for people. I always tell people, I love pie, Jeff. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm from the South. We right. love pie. Going into retirement especially, retirement is like a pie. Yep. Uh, your investments are one slice of that pie. There's usually more than one slice to a pie. There's more like five more slices usually. And your retirement has all those other pieces. So those are five pieces most financial firms don't address. They, they do investments, but they're not addressing it. So I think a firm that specializes in retirement planning like ours does, we're going to address a whole lot of other things, basically the whole pie. I think uh, people need the type of advice that we give. I think that number one, people going into retirement need an income plan. That's your roadmap. How are you going to stay in the, what I call bumpers for the rest of your life, every year, no, you're never going to run out of money. No, you're going to be able to do all the things you want to do in retirement, take in consideration everything, inflation, health care, you know, all your different costs, replacing the car, doing, you know, replacing the roof on the house. How are you going to do all of that if you don't have a realized to gosh plan that shows you that you can do all those, those things and you're going to be okay? People go into retirement every day without an income plan. And most firms don't do income plans for people. I think that's really unfortunate. You know, the next thing I tell people is not only should you have an income plan, but your overall investments need to have defensive mechanisms in them so that when the markets start taking a tank, our stock markets in the United States since 1900, they've collapsed 23 times. Hmm. The average cost to that is about 37.5% loss. And when people are retired and they're pulling money out of their accounts, it takes the stock market about six to seven and a half years to get back to even. 
but if people are retired and they're taking money out, let's say that those six to seven and a half years, their accounts will never get back to even if they don't have defense, if they take those big hits. And so I believe that having more defensive mechanisms so that you don't lose big chunks of money in bad markets, because when you're retired, you're probably going to have four or five more of those during your lifetime. And unfortunately, most financial firms don't think that way. They have you buy and hold, and no matter what, you're always invested. I think that's a mistake, especially for people in retirement. You've got to look at the next piece of the pie. What Medicare solutions are you going to pick? Which, which options are you going to take? That's a big deal. And people make that mistake all the time. And the corollary to that is, are you going to cover your long-term care risk? And if so, how are you going to do that? There's nine different ways to cover your long-term care risk. People think there's only long-term care insurance. Well, quite frankly, my book, that's number nine. That's at the bottom of the list. There's eight better ways to do it. Oh, back to the income side. How are you going to take your Social Security? Did you know you can screw up your Social Security too? And you can leave hundreds of thousands of dollars inside the Social Security system? Why would you do that? You need a real Social Security plan to be able to do that. And then taxes, that's another slice of that pie. Taxes are one of the biggest problems most people have in retirement, and people don't have a tax plan. They, they don't have a plan to reduce taxes in, in the rest of their life. And what I tell people is every time the government raises our taxes, it's like a permanent loss in all of your retirement accounts because it means you're going to get that much less money is going to go to you in your pocket and to you and your kids or whoever you want it to go to when every time they raise taxes. And then most people don't have a really good estate plan. And that's really unfortunate because an estate plan is not just about the end of life. It's about disability, too. Uh, And I show people all the time, I say, look, you really need an estate plan in case you become disabled because you're not you don't have any directions right now of how all this is going to work out. Who's going to do what? How's it going to happen? And and you're going to leave problems for people to handle. And you're disabled and there's not a thing that one thing you can do about that. I just don't want that type of stuff to happen. I don't want people to. At the end of life, they, uh, they leave their family with, you know, holding the bag, basically. And their family doesn't have the answers. They don't know what to do. They leave them with a mess. Don't do that. Make it easy for your family to deal with all this stuff at the end of the day. All of those areas, they're complicated, mm-hmm. but that's a real plan. That's a real retirement plan. And unfortunately, most people don't have that going into retirement. Sorry about that, Jeff. I start talking about this. I get real passionate and I just start talking. I'm just sitting here listening to you because it makes so much sense, John. I mean, if you think of retirement plans like a pie, as you said, it's five or six slices to the pie. You've got an income plan. You've got investments to support the income plan. But as you said, you've got a tax plan, health care costs, you've got an estate plan, and maybe one more there too. You can't just have one giant pie that does everything. You need a pie with all the different slices. Now, when it comes to John Crows and I, we're the same. We sit down and eat a pie. We cut it in half. John gets one half. I get the other and all the whipped cream. That's the reason why we're not slim and trim like you, John Goodhue. No, but when, you know, when it comes to a retirement plan, there are a lot of things that you need to consider. This is not a set it and forget it thing. Once you retire, you're going to have changes in your life that you're going to need to react to or that you're going to need changes in your plan to not the least of which is going to be things like inflation and death of a spouse. John, do you find that often you need to make changes on a regular basis to people's retirement plans throughout their retirement? With our clients, we usually meet with our clients every six months. We'll meet with them as often as they want, but we usually meet with every six months and we're making adjustments all the time for the rest of their life because people's lives, if they don't do anything else, our lives change. The income plan part of what we do, especially, it's a living, I always tell people, it's a living, breathing thing. It's going to change with you. As you change, it will change. It's not a set it and forget it type thing. So, it, no, it's always changing. It's always evolving. And it's always reacting to what's going on in your life. And even the best laid retirement plans can fail as a result of unexpected events. As I said, there are things such as the death of a spouse, increased medical needs, housing needs change, estate plans, and so forth. And some risks can be minimized, but others just have to be dealt with. And that is why it's so important, John, to have a financial planner like yourself who has a lot of tools in the toolbox. And I want to point this out to our listeners right now. APO Financial, John, you've been around for a long, long time. This is not just a shop that's going to sell you stocks, bonds, or an annuity, is it? 
Oh, no. Like we try to tell everybody, we don't sell anything. Right. We do planning. Uh, we show people what we do. Now, we use tools that mm-hmm. we implement within people's plans once they decide to go forward with it. Those situations, that's how we get paid. It depends on what people do in their plan. We're all pure fiduciaries. You can't take a pure fiduciary concept, at least that's what you're trying to do, and butt it up against you're trying to sell somebody something because a pure fiduciary, it has to be in the client's best interest all the time. It can't be about you. Selling to me sounds like somebody's getting something better than somebody else. Yeah. And that's not what a pure fiduciary firm can do. And I think a lot of people do lead with a product that's not what you do at APO Financial, but they'll come in. I mean, they're a hammer, you're a nail, and they've got one product. Many times it may be an annuity, but as you said, a proper retirement plan, a comprehensive retirement plan is so much more than just one product. It really entails all these different slices of the pie. So I'm going to talk to our listeners right now and say this. If you want an annuity, somebody who just sells an annuity, there are plenty of people out here in the Upper Peninsula who will be happy to do that. If you want a very standard 60-40 stock bond split. There are a lot of people who can do that for you. But if your situation's a little more complicated, you want someone that you can have a comprehensive and focused conversation with who's going to sit down and listen to you, not talk as much, but in the beginning, listen to you to find out who you are, what your wants, your goals, and your needs are. Through retirement, you want a financial planner that is held to the fiduciary standard. That means legally and morally, they're required to do what is in your best interest. If you want that, then you want APO Financial. All right, here's the number to call for a no cost, no obligation, no judgment retirement plan, 906-523-9030. I want you to do it this weekend, okay? 906-523-9030. If you're unsure about the journey that you're taking towards your path for retirement is the right one, I want you to take advantage of this opportunity that's not going to cost you a dime. Once again, 906-523-9030 is the number to call for your retirement playbook, your retirement review. You can also ask for that review online at apofinancial.com. That is apofinancial.com. Before we get out of here, John Crows, I want to wish you a happy birthday. Your birthday was just recently, wasn't it? Uh, Yes, it was. Right on Monday. So uh, I think John Goodhue and I are going to take you out. I don't know. I'm partial to Miller's, but we're going to go wherever you guys want to go, and I'm going to split that pie with you. Okay, John, you and me have half of the pie. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. For John Crows and John Goodhue, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of the Retirement Playbook right here on 107.3 FM and AM 920 WMPL. Talk that bridges the gap. The opinions voiced on the Retirement Playbook from APO Financial are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing.